We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're back, Lucky Lucky Podcast once again. Coach Football Nation presented by Sweet Yeah, that should have been on the 50 Year Hip Hop Grammy Award show. Oh yes, sir. What was your favorite part of that show? By the man, that was a. I'll tell you my worst, my worst favorite part. My worst favorite. Your worst favorite part. The part that it stuck out to me the most that I didn't like. Why is Machine Gun Kelly up there at all? At mm. all. Like, I don't want you mm. reading off no awards. I don't want to hear nothing from Machine Gun Kelly. Mm. This is 50 years of hip-hop, and 45 of them years you wasn't even involved yet. So give me all the, give me all old school, give me real hip-hop up there. But that's the one thing I didn't like. What I did like was when we were performing, I didn't know how they were structuring it. It was cool to see, like, they do a song and transitions to another artist. The next song. Yeah, yeah that, that was kind of fly. So it, got, Quest, it was like a quick overview of hip-hop history, you know. Questlove did a great job curating it. That's right. He was involved with production. Uh, the performance by Jazzy Jeff and Will Smith was fantastic. The, uh, the female performers were Queen Latifah, MC Light, Stetsa Sonic to start off the show was absolutely amazing. As you uh, look back on Queen Latifah, like 50 years of hip hop, you get to this point, Queen Latifah's impact. Top uh, 10. Top 10? Top 10? Yeah. Top 10. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Undeniable. Okay. She's undeniable. Okay. She's undeniable. You look at the performance of her, her music and her albums and record sales. And what she established on the commercial side. See, they had her as commercial success along with Salt and Pepper, and then they had the underground with MC Light. You know what I mean? And like Moni Love. So that was really great balance back in the day, which I'm not sure if that exists on the female side right now from a content standpoint, but it is what it is, man. It is what it is. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, left. Let's get into it, man. Marcus Freeman met with the media on Saturday, had a lot to say. And we start with his thoughts on Op 13, man. Op 13. Uh, things have been just moving over the past three weeks. But, you know, I feel finally uh, getting back yesterday, we have clarity um, in our roster, clarity um, in terms of who our opponent is and, and really have turned uh, all of our attention towards Oregon State. And so um, we added Mike Brown to our staff, which we uh, announced last week. Um, Mike's obviously a guy that I worked with closely um, at Cincinnati. And, and to me, the things that, that I remember most about our time together was the developer that he was um, of the entire room. You know, I've seen him truly develop that room at Cincinnati. and. You know, I know people will look at the draft picks that, that came out of that room, but to me it's the from top to bottom, um, seeing him develop uh, young people. It's the recruiter and evaluator he is, um, really just the, the guys I've seen him bring into that program um, and develop and uh, the energy he brings. He brings a, an energy um, to this coaching staff, to that wide receiver's room. And, and last but not least, uh, uh, the husband, the father, um, the person he is. You know, I'm excited to get his wife, Diamond, here, um, his two sons, uh, three and Drew, and uh, have them join our family. So um, we, we, all year we talk about oppor- the 12 guaranteed opportunities, right? And so we, we've obviously turned a page to Opportunity 13. Opportunity 13, the Sun Bowl, December 29th, against the Oregon State Beavers. Left. Uh, how do you read Marcus Freeman right there? Because right there he probably knows because – it, uh, now that we know, in that moment, Jared Parker has already interviewed with Troy. <laughs> and he knows. Dude, think about I'm pissed this. about Marcus Freeman. Marcus I have, Freeman did this press conference knowing more than likely that Jared Parker had interviewed, was interested in leaving for the head coaching job at Troy, and got it. I'm trying to figure out what in the world Jared Parker said in the interview that impressed Troy so much because if they watched the Notre Dame offense and his play calling against good teams, I'm, I'm trying to – how did he get on the list? Yeah, what do we re- – how do you replace a play caller at the end of the season? I know it was a collaborative effort, but you got to think, we're replacing a play caller, a receiver coach. Hell, our quarterback coach hadn't been active all year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So where is the offensive strategy coming from on, on that side of the football? Steve Angeli going to go in there and put a game plan together because Sam's not in there. Audrick's not there to lean on. 
So this is probably the rawest and most vulnerable the Notre Dame football team probably will be moving forward to the future because we're so bare, but also losing critical pieces offensively. We already had dysfunction with all the coaches there. Now you lose the coaches that's calling the plays, the, the coaches to get the receivers on board, and and your quarterback's gone, your running back's gone, your left and right tackle gone, your center gone. So, hell, Steve is probably looking at this like, man, listen. <laughs> but I tell you what, if Steve goes out there and wins the game or plays really well, he deserves to be at least running the first team when Riley gets there. But unfortunately, when you're paying that cash, Steve don't have a choice but to leave. So Marcus Freeman put these guys in position. Marcus Freeman put these guys in position and – it's just tough titty, man. Oh, I haven't heard that phrase in a long time. <laughs> it's tough titty. You gonna <laughs> you telling Riley Leonard you gonna come in here? You have to start, but we're not giving you what you thought you was getting coming in here. Yeah, it's gonna look like a quarterback competition to the seat to you to you clear out the decks. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> regardless of how good the guy is, he got to learn what to do, be comfortable doing it, confident doing it, knowing all the checks. That's just not. That's just not easy thing to do, guys, in a one-year process, guys, especially what, what tape is Riley Leonard going to watch? Jared Parker's gone. The quarterback from last year is gone. So what you watching? The meat and potatoes of this offense, what made this offense go? The two left and right tackles, the running back, the quarterback, and the receiver. Everybody's gone. So Riley Leonard is damn near in the worst position than leaving his old school. And now you put on top that he's a raw project, it doesn't spell good or bode well for hell. These two weeks of bowl practice, unless you're going, you know, you're trying to figure out out of those three guys who can do the damn thing. But then with Parker being not there, is Geno capable? I hope Marcus Freeman goes outside the building. I hope he does. I hope he goes outside the building because of the timing. How much do you think he has control of that? The timing of Tommy leaving sped up the process. I think this happening when it's happened, he can actually do interviews before he gets to the Sun Bowl. Like, he can get all this done before the Sun Bowl. It's the holiday season. He can absolutely get all of this done before the Sun Bowl. Yeah, I'm sure Marcus Freeman had a short list of guys throughout the year anyway that he, if, if and when in case it happened, he can call on them. But I trust that once Marcus Freeman gets to pick who he wants, I think that's where the success lies for us mm-hmm. because he's proven that when he can choose who he wants, things go well, period, period. So if things are going to go well for Marcus Freeman, I trust that if he gets a chance to choose outside the building, perfect. Yeah, it is. If he uh, gets stuck in these situations, I just, I just don't know how he can help himself. I simultaneously, within the last five minutes, got two texts. Two texts from two different people, and they both said Notre Dame needs to go hire Brennan Marion as the next offensive coordinator. And if you remember, it was rumored weeks ago that Brennan Marion would be coming to be, or was rumored to be connected to the wide receiver search, if I'm not mistaken. 
and Oh, man. He's currently the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at UNLV. And he turned things around with some young quarterbacks there. So, um, like I said, there was a, a rumored connection between him and Marcus Freeman. And Marcus Freeman came out and, and DME denied it uh, when those stories came out. And now uh, I get two people texting me saying yo Notre Dame needs to hire this guy so I hope Marcus Freeman goes out and gets a guy that he can depend on with experience that's going to help him learn the other side of the football and expand on things and look let me tell you something this is something right here left this offense from a talent standpoint and quarterback standpoint is in a is a very attractive job right now, left. Offensive coordinator in Notre Dame is attractive right now. Riley Lennon's your quarterback. Bo Collins, Chris Mitchell at wide receivers with the incoming freshmen and the returning guys at wide receiver. The history of offensive linemen, the running back room you're walking in with. You will be a fool to not want to be an offensive coordinator at Notre Dame next year. Also, Marcus Freeman said that the new left tackle for the Sun Bowl is not going to be who we thought it was. It's going to be freshman Charles Jagasaw. You have two open spots at offensive tackle. Uh, Wagner and Baker, I would imagine, are the leading candidates. Um, are there others competing to, to get the starting nut? Um, actually, uh, Charles Jagasaw has gotten the majority of the first team reps at the left tackle, and then Tosh and uh, Emil have really been battling out at the right tackle position. And so we've been rotating them throughout the first six practices or five practices that we've had. But today, as we started going towards scout teams, um, Jagasaw will be at the left, and then it'll be a battle to see who's going to be the right tackle for the game. Charles Jagasaw is the guy, left. Yeah, I liked, I loved Charles Jagasaw's demeanor. Especially his recruitment and how he went about it. He just was like, look, let me watch a couple hours of film. When he's staying, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Shows the guy that he's a gamer. He's serious about what he wants to do and where he wants to go. His impact of uh, a one-game performance, I think he'll be fine. And I think uh, we'll get to see what we felt like from Blake Fisher when we got to see him early on in the Florida State game before he got hurt. We had a lot of high hopes. And I think that's just the other benefit is that we get to see what we've had on this roster that hasn't got a chance to be highlighted. And a guy like Charles Jagasaw, we feel very encouraged by getting an opportunity in a situation like this. You know, it's really no harm, no foul. Like, it's not like, you know, this is a championship on the line or something. You know? <laughs> this is seriously like a test run of where you are in the program without your starters. Mm-hmm. What actual talent do you have? How do they prepare two weeks for a bowl game? And and what's important to you in wanting to win games? And I think for Marcus Freeman, getting C.J. Carr there in these couple weeks of bowl practice is really, really encouraging because it shows that you're trying to see what you got. You can't get into the transfer portal without knowing what you do or don't have. And so for him to – Phil and the the reviews of CJ to be pretty good in the early on. I'm tossing out transfer portal for next year out of my mind regardless. 
I wouldn't even be talking about transfer portal for quarterback after this Riley Leonard thing. Because if anything, you still got to address what are you going to do with Riley Leonard? Because it's almost as if you can't have those other three guys play better. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You cannot have Steven Angeli, Kenny Minchie, or CJ Carr looking to be better than Riley. It just cannot happen whatsoever. I think if we're honest, it should play out a lot like how Alabama's situation. Alabama got a transfer in, thought it could be good, tried it, and nipped it in the bud early and moved on. And they continued to win 11 games straight after that. So I think, Marcus Freeman, if we're taking this Riley Leonard route, if it doesn't work in the first four games, move on. Don't need to be hanging on to Riley. Look, we're not getting Riley Leonard to the league is on Riley Leonard. If he's playing bad through the first four games, we're not playing wait, like wait, how he wait. should. If he, okay, they starve at Texas A and M. Is I'm trying Louisville the fourth game or the fifth game? Let me. Let me double check left because I want to make sure. I think it's the fifth game. Yes, Louisville is the fifth game on September twenty eighth. And they play. So two of the first five games are pretty good games. In between that is Northern Illinois, Purdue, and Miami of Ohio. Your boy Chuck Mark. So you can continue left. If he doesn't play well the first four games, then did we lose left? Right. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Okay. We benching. You get him out of here. Benching. After, after, if, he got, if he's not playing well after the first. <laughs> because what? what are we hanging on for? You're telling me, Marcus Freeman is, is how I perceive what Marcus Freeman is telling me from what he's been doing in this transfer portal mm -hmm. is that we're winning it all undefeated. Because if that's not the case, how is Riley Leonard that much better than Steve? Where? How? How is he going to be ready for an offense he ain't never heard of or seen before? How? So, you, Where? so you're saying if he struggles the first four games, move on. Tyler Buckner struggled in a couple drives, and we ain't seen him since. He, he It was so bad, they done sent him back to Notre Dame to just go to school. So Alabama has no problem in, in making those hard decisions, but I'm tired of us riding guys with the wheels fall off who give us no value in return. What does Sam Harvin's value in return be to us? I can't name one. Man, that's pretty interesting. Left that you saying something there, man. And that's something to think about. I, I hope it does. I don't think Notre Dame fans. Do you want, realize he won the MVP of the like team? That. Sam Hartman won the MVP of the how? What MVP this Aldrich's MVP? Wait a minute. That is, yeah, I see. Yeah, the overlove for Notre Dame that they've shown to Sam Hartman is like, we can talk about that on the petty train. We can talk about that. Marcus Freeman being happy about the returning guys on defense. It's the most valuable player Not only the are team. they great football players um, and productive football players and experienced football players, but they're great leaders. And uh, to have those three guys um, commit to coming back for another season, um, 
it, it, it speaks volumes on them in terms of what their aspirations are, right? They, they love being at Notre Dame. Um, they all three stated that they would love to be a captain here at Notre Dame, but they also understand that there's value in terms of trying to improve their draft stock, right? And, and what coming back in another year of production can do for their draft stock. And so um, I, I'm really confident um, in where our team will continue to be as we head into the future with those guys coming back and uh, with the guys we're obviously bringing in. All right, Marcus Freeman on the returning guys, Riley Mills, Howard Cross, hopefully Xavier Watts, and also Jack Kaiser. Those guys will be playing in the Sun Bowl. That C must mean something, left because he mentioned that guys came back because they wanted to wear the C on their chest. That's Ever since I saw what happened to Ronnie, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the C on the You chest. always said you felt like Ronnie got played when it, for the captain's team. Man, it just showed me that it ain't about, I mean, I don't know, man. You got to do all the right things to be a captain. And it becomes real subjective because I mm. think there's a lot of great candidates, especially during the time I was there, a lot of great guys that could have been captains, myself included. And there was a lot of uh, questions to be asked on how they selected some of these guys. Yeah, I can agree with that. Because it sounds like it's the old model for how they used to uh, – select all-stars when Yao Ming was getting all the votes over in China. If it's, if it's something like that, like the players get a vote, but then the coaches get a vote. And, you know, I thought it was the players that selected the captain. Straight up and down. That's like saying, do you think the people hire the president? Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. And with Jack Kaiser coming back, Marcus Freeman was asked about the linebacking core and how it would look in the bowl game. Get in there. Um, we play some base. Um, you also see Drake Bowen uh, being a guy that you'll see um, at Mike and Will. Um, and then, you know, Jaden Allsbury has gotten reps uh, over the course of this bowl practice. So I can see an increased role for all three of those guys. Um, but right now, as we go to base, uh, Snead will be the third backer. So that's good to hear. Your boy Sneed is going to be that main guy that steps in for Maris. Yeah, I mean, I guess. You sound so excited, left. Man, I'm, I'm upset because play. I'm upset because of you ticked off about this good. Jared Parker thing. I, I did. You're, it sounds yeah. good until you see what's going on in the program. Uh, it sounds good to get two noticeable receivers a highly touted quarterback in the transfer portal, the schedule getting easier. But our problems didn't lie within, in my opinion, necessarily player uh, talent. I think our problems lied in the dysfunction of the offensive side of football. And that has nothing to do with on the field. And then when you take a look at our program offensively, you're like, okay, what's the identity? Well, you lose your OC. So... There's a question right there. What's the quarterback situation? Oh, no idea because we get new guys in every year. Oh, is this a bona fide guy? No, this is a guy that's a project, but we he's got enough height. So the actual state of the program is interesting. It is interesting, you know, and, you know. So trying to find what's, what's the best part about it to like it, look encouraged for is hard when everything – it's seeming to set it back in a way. Because the real news, if we're talking about it, 
The real news is CJ Carr playing well. At That's practice. the real news. It shouldn't yeah. be Riley Leonard. It should be, oh, CJ, the young gun that we recruited coming in looking good. Yeah, I agree. We'll get to that and what Marcus Freeman had to say about that. But he also talked about Notre Dame, and you'll love this left, where they sit currently in the landscape with the transfer portal and NIL. Wow. You know, it, it's – I think about the changes um, in my first two years being head coach from – what December presents to to all the things that encompass college football. It's forever changing. And I remember the conversation I had with Jack Swarbrick last year at the bowl game in terms of, hey, where we see NIL going, where we see, you know, just college football going. And it's just went right past what we thought it was going to be. And so um, I truly believe that we are continuing to flourish with the changes in college football. I believe that Notre Dame will continue to be at the front of um, – making sure we take advantage of every new opportunity that, that college football presents and the changes that it presents. And so you wear a lot of different hats, right? And you got to figure out um, what it's going to take to help your program have success. And um, we have a lot of support. Um, our collective has been great with the fund. Um, Jack Swarbrick and Pete have been uh, amazing in terms of just trying to continue to make sure this program is set to have success. Well, at least he's having the conversations with the ADs, future and past, to say, hey, what's up? Where are we going with this? Where are we going to be? How are we going to approach this NIL transfer situation? I need to know. And I'm glad that he's being proactive because it seems like he's being proactive and trying to uh, stretch as much as he can as the head coach in Notre Dame to get the most out of both situations for the university. Yeah, I mean, he's trying to use all his resources because you got to. Because <laughs> you got to. And being aware of all the things available for a Notre Dame head coach is a, a great acknowledgement by him because, you know, there's so many different things that people point to to say, oh, this takes away from Notre Dame. Yeah. But for Marcus Freeman to know what adds to Notre Dame and what makes it go, I think is, is why he's been doing well. And when he does get a chance to structure the program how he wants it, it turns out to be pretty good. Now, it gets better when they stay. <laughs> and and you can see the development happen when they are sticking around. But until he gets somebody that's willing to stay, it's just going to be hard for him to continue to have repeat success or something to seem, something different seen offensively with as much rotation as we've been having. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted.
And when I think about it, it is, I said this, the way the landscape has opened up via the portal, in my opinion, has pushed talent down to Notre Dame that normally might not have chosen to take visits to Notre Dame if there were less people in the portal. And now with the gluttony of people in the portal, I think Notre Dame has an advantage that they wouldn't normally have in the transfer portal to be able to go out and get guys like a Chris Mitchell or a Bo Collins. So that's a blessing within itself. And as far as the NIL, like I said, I need Marcus Freeman to continue the conversation. You know, even when Swarbrick leaves, talk to people, Bakwa. Get a straight answer. Like, let me know. What do I have? Where am I at? What can I work with? Because it's vitally important that Notre Dame at some point starts advancing. Even if it's small increments, you need to see advancement by Notre Dame. Defensively, we got to see that. All right, left. Why was Jagasaw the guy? We'll get to that. But Marcus Freeman, check this out, left. This is his thoughts on Sam Hartman not playing in the Sun Bowl. Having some technical difficulties. Go ahead and take it away, left. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, what the Sun Bowl, what we put out there on the field from an aspect of, you know, where we are as a program when things aren't going our way necessarily and I think uh, um, and you know truthfully at the end of the day I think uh, the Sumbo is just a culmination of what this season has felt for me, as it is, it just was lackluster, man. I thought I was going to see more pop, uh, more unity on the offense side of football, and and in a lot of ways, we saw the 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 really good parts of our offense and what it could be in terms of the running game when the offensive line is is doing its thing. We know that we can win games through our running game, our offensive line, and defense. So the progression in the Sumble would, would suggest that we want to see the other aspects of our team flourish. I think there's huge opportunity for us in this quarterback room to see what we got. I think it's huge opportunity in this receiver room to see what we have left or who's healthy because then it'll just make it a better way of structuring in the offseason. How do we address getting better? I think everybody knows. Everybody knows that we have all the opportunity to be a championship team next year, especially with the regular season schedule that we have. I think that Riley Leonard or not, it doesn't matter who's at the quarterback position. It's winnable to get 10 games on our next year's schedule. The, the question comes in when we get into these playoffs against teams that are formidable and teams that, you know, we, we might not be slotted, slotted to win against. 
how are we going to come different? Who's our X factors? Who's the best players on our team that we go to when in doubt? Because what we'll see from these college football playoffs this year is that when the chips get down, you're going to see all the all the biggest names shine. For Texas, you're going to see Quinn Ewers, you're going to see Xavier Worthy, and the clutch moment Steve Sarkeesian is going to them with the football. We already know about Michael Penix and Romo Duza and, and their running back, I think his name is Johnson. We already know when the chips get down, they're going to go to their playmakers, especially the running game. You look at Alabama finding ways to win. So I do think that uh, the playoffs are just an example of teams that know how to use their best players in the right moments. And that's our judgment going into the next year is how do we use our best players in the biggest game and best moments. It's amazing, right? We watched, we're watching a matchup in the two and three spot in the college football playoff. That's the same matchup we saw in a meaningless bowl to people, right? It was a meaningless bowl when Washington and Texas played last year, and it was a great game, and I expect it to be a great game this year. But that just shows you, man, bowl games matter. Gentlemen and those rosters, young men that make a difference, that prep and that bowl game launched them into this season. So as much as the bowl games might not matter to the fan bases, this bowl game could be a launching point for Notre Dame and its players for next season and the college football playoff berth. So at some point, you know, we have to see the value, even though or despite the changes that have taken place in the landscape of college football. Marcus Freeman, why Charles Jagasaw? Ability. Um, we've noticed that in recruiting. We noticed that when he got here, um, there was just not a need at that moment for him to play for us, right? We had a pretty good left tackle that start for us all year, but um, he's shown in, in on scout team. Um, he's shown in the bye weeks and the individual drills that he's going to be a future great offensive lineman for us. And, uh, you know, throughout the first couple practices, we rotated guys at different positions, but um, he continued to flourish at that left tackle position. He's done a really good job. It's amazing because when the news broke Saturday, we still had people that wanted to see Tosh Baker left tackle. And I'm like, this man, I don't know how many other ways Marcus Freeman can tell you that this dude was on scout team and beat the other dudes out. I don't know how many ways he can say it. Like, you just want to play Tosh Baker because he's a veteran and he's been there? What are we talking about? Charles Jagasaw is obviously the better athlete. That's unquestionable. That's unquestionable. If you watched his film as a senior, you knew that this dude had a chance. 673 30 at the left tackle as a freshman? Are you kidding me? With that athleticism, you don't. I mean, right. we recruited. We recruited the right talent in there for sure. Left. What did you say? What did hey? What did Charles Jagasaw do in the first six practices? What did he do, Left? He changed his life. Yeah. What did he say? He was on. He was on the scout team. He was on the scout team, Left. Yeah. He got an opportunity in the first six practices, and he changed his life. Changed his life. 
So now Tosh Baker, you can go. The fact that they took Tosh Baker from left tackle, they was like, dude, this is not even a competition. Like, you know, there's no need for you to even take reps over here. We're good. Go, go compete at right tackle. The fact that they told him to change positions lets you know how easy of a decision that was. That lets you know. And you don't need to be careful. Be careful for what? Tosh Baker has played left tackle. He doesn't need to learn how to play left tackle. He's been doing it. He's trying to compete to start. That dude, he knows how to play left tackle. He's a backup left swing. He's a swing tackle. He can play both positions. So what are we being careful for? He got beat out. Anytime it's close or the younger player is better, you take the younger player. That's, that's simple. That's everywhere. You can't be a veteran player and have a competition where it's close with a younger player. You know the younger player is going to win all the time. He's going to win all the time. And it was going to be a question mark regardless who was there. It was going to be a question mark if Tosh Baker had played. He hasn't started a game at all. Emil Wagner hasn't started a game. It's the same question mark. Regardless, you start Wagner, Baker, or Charles Jackson left tackle. Doesn't matter. I picked up the fact that the competition after the first six practices. It was clear. It was pretty apparent who the better left tackle was between the three. It was clear. And Emil Wagner was the one starting at right tackle in the practices. Again, most of the reps. Tosh Baker was competing primarily at left tackle. And it seems like he lost that competition. So he got moved to right tackle. So, amen. I do. Question mark is a question mark regardless who starts. But you talk about having a silver lining come out of that competition. It's the fact that the dude that you evaluated, Harry Heastan, and Joe Rudolph got his hands on, has developed and developed enough to win a competition against veteran players. That's huge, Left. That's absolutely huge. Lefty, lefty podcast. So now we have Marcus Freeman, and this is what he had to say about Sam Hartman opting out. You'll have to ask Sam. You know, we, we, we he um, made the decision that he's going to opt out, and he talked to the people that, um, you know, he felt are important in his life and uh, made a decision that he felt was best for him. And um, as I've told all of the guys that have opted out, I can disagree with your decision and still support you, right? And that's the same thing I told Sam and every single other one that opted out. I disagree. I think you should play. Um, but I love you and I support you. And um, you're going to do great things. Yeah, the displeasure in his voice. Well, some things concerning Sam Hart towards the end of the season and even in that press conference on Saturday is it's pretty evident, man. Yeah. I think, like you said, I mean, 
all these young guns get an opportunity to shine. Uh, I think it'll show a lot for Marcus Freeman's recruiting skills. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see a Charles Jackson out there dominating. But it's just crazy how being such a good program, you're judged by the minute things that make a program go. We're not looking at necessarily a team that has to make huge strides. All right, this is your favorite part, left. Marcus Freeman on CJ Carr. I couldn't imagine being CJ and coming in here by yourself. And um, he was here yesterday for meetings and walkthroughs. And, and it was like the first day of school, you're the new guy. And, uh, you know, I was able to spend some time with him during practice and after practice. And uh, today he was slinging the ball around and uh, he, he's going to be a great player. Um, but it's just good to have him here, right, in that comfort. And so as you move into the winter and you move into spring ball, he's not starting from ground zero. He knows what the expectations are. He'll know where to go. He'll be able to help those guys that are coming in in January figure it out. But um, I'm glad he's here, and I'm excited for the future uh, of CJ Carr. I'm excited too, Les. Yeah, I mean, shoot. For him to have C.J. Carr, a top quarterback in his class, uh, and I think C.J. Carr's best ability is he's the better fit. I think out of all the quarterbacks in that class, I think he's the best fit. And uh, in terms of compliment, like his greatest strength is being able to have the guys around him play better. I don't think he's as, as impactful as a solo talent. Like He's not going to give us... Drake May or Caleb Williams screen popping plays. But you'll look at the end of that stat sheet and be like, okay, you got 24 or 28 with 300 yards and a couple touchdowns. That's pretty good. Uh And you'll have to look at the stat sheet because during the game, you're like, okay, there's other players that are really good on this team. And CJ's doing a good job of distributing the football. And it it puts him in a position of being – a uh, game manager, which I think he is. Um, I think Kenny Minchie's the game changer. But, hell, game managers get the job done as well. So that's what I'm saying. This room is very talented. I think there's more talent in our room than what Riley Leonard is coming with. It's just uh, we won't know until we put it on the field. Man, be respectful. Make sure you call them elite game managers. Love elite game managers. You can't be an elite game manager. You just <laughs> it's impossible. You either a game manager or you're a game changer. Elite game managers are are what? That's Kirk you know? Okay. I can I could give a okay, an elite game manager would be a Kellen Moore, who only lost what, two games his whole college career. Wasn't first round pick talent wise, but yeah. He could be consistent enough to to win games. I think that's something that I would appreciate more at Notre Dame because I don't think we're going to get the star-studded Michael Jackson quarterbacks on a year-to-year basis. I mean, Deuce Knight has some potential. Yeah. um, But that's still two years away. You know, a lot can happen. Yeah. Mike Brown, new wide receiver coach, he introduced himself, and this is what he had to say about himself and what he's looking forward to. 
I don't even know where they were just for, you know, they, they've been doing certain positions all year long and they've learned things. And so we want to, you know, as coach said, we want to put these guys in positions to be successful, you know, come game day. Uh, for me, you know, I, I've only seen them a couple practices, right? And I've watched a little bit of film and things like that. But I try to come in just with a, with a clean slate and open mind. Um, as I work with them, you know, because the things that I'm teaching may be different from what they've learned. You know, that doesn't make them right, doesn't make them wrong. But when they're hearing things that are different, it's going to take some time for them to adjust to it. And, um, you know, and then, you know, we'll start there. And then just as I said, we want to watch them continue to grow. I think there is some talent in the room. And I think that those guys are, there's a lot of young, a lot of youth in there. And um, so I'm excited to watch them grow. I'm excited to to watch them learn. And you know, they're all great young men, and they're all really, really hungry and eager to learn. It sounds like he sees some things, but he's going to leave it alone into the offseason. Because when he says, yo, I could go in and teach, but they've been doing things a certain way all year long, and I'm just going to let them go ahead and do what they've been doing and play to the best of their capabilities, and then I'll worry about the other stuff when they have time to learn in the offseason. Yeah, these is 18, 19, 20-year-old kids to rewire a whole skill set that I'm sure Mike Brown wants to implement into the curriculum. I mean, look at the, the questionable receiver drills that we were doing in the, in the fall camp. Mm. When that when that video made viral uh, attention, it looked crazy. So if I'm Mike Brown, I'm looking at that video like, man, I ain't finna touch that yet. If that's how y'all going to be doing it, hopping on one leg and running under, you know, all these things and doing all these cones, cool. But I think it would be great for him to have a plan of execution on, you know, seeing the best in what we have right now. So, yeah, you don't, you're not trying to change what they're doing, but I would love to see if he can highlight uh, some of the better qualities that each of our receivers have. I think Jordan Faison's best quality is he can get open in the slot uh, from a speed perspective. Um, he also doesn't have to deal a lot with guys that have a lot of baggage at Notre Dame in the receiver room due to transfers. Now, you got some of the guys that are older and been hurt, so I don't think they've developed – couldn't have developed that bad of habits if you hurt, you know. So right. um, it's almost like a blank slate offensively, honestly. I mean, even Coach Rudolph in a position where you're replacing two first-round potential t- – well, one for sure, but two first-round potential tackles. You know, yeah. you, you gotta you gotta coach after that. <laughs> I'm sure there was some coaching with Joe Alden and Blake Fisher, but I mean, losing them, you really gotta coach. And I, so I think that the uh, chickens are gonna have to come to roost for some of these coaches and players on the on the team. And I think Marcus Freeman needs to continue to be big on making those transitions if it's not working. So if Gino goes in there and he proves that. He didn't develop after that year not having to do much, then it shouldn't be something where we hanging on to guys forever. Because we know that guys that come in ready to leave at the drop of a of a drop of a dime. Facts. So we're not finna hang on to nobody till they get the job they want if they're not giving us the results that we looking for them to have. Quarterback included. So Riley Leonard, this is not no free ride to the NFL. You are expected to go undefeated and win a championship. Because other than that, what are you adding? to a Notre Dame team that we don't already have from that room. Yeah. We got guys that can run around. We got guys that, in my opinion, will be more accurate. I think CJ would probably be the most accurate in the room outside of Katie Minchie, who throws the best ball. So it's going to be interesting. 
All right, here's a message just dropped a few minutes ago. Marcus Freeman, uh, in response to Jared Parker getting the uh, head coaching job at Troy, he says, Congratulations to Jared as he takes on this great opportunity at Troy. I've had the chance to work closely with Jared for a number of years. And what stands out to me the most are his leadership skills and how tirelessly he works to get the job done and get the most out of his players. We wish Jared and his family all the best on their new adventure, Marcus Freeman. That's a nice way to put on the public face, Coach Freeman. I like that. This is Coach Mike Brown talking about how he's going to grow the wide We've uh, began some game planning and things like that. And, um, you know, a lot of the plays that are run here are plays that I'm familiar with. And so I may not know the terminology. Um, you know, I've, I've had the uh, I've been fortunate to work with Coach Gino Gaduli for some time at Cincinnati. So sometimes you have to translate some things for me. But um, so I'll do a little bit of my input that way. And, then, um, you know, just teaching things, you know, the way that I know them, um, obviously, after running it through with with Coach Parker and and the rest of the staff. And so it's going to be it's going to be a team effort. You know, you talk about rotation, you talk about who's going to be where. I mean, you know, they have a much better feel for for the group uh, right now than I do. And so uh, I'm going to lean on that. I'm going to rely on that. I'm going to trust that. And then, uh, you know, we'll just we'll just grow from there. So he speaks to once again, playbook standpoint, which changes now because on Saturday, he thought the playbook was going to be one thing. And now the playbook might be a totally different thing based upon how this offensive coordinator search goes. So everything is it's all it almost puts the staff not for the Sun Bowl because everything remains the same for the Sun Bowl. We'll see who gets play calling duties in the Sun Bowl. But moving on from that, we'll see whether or not the Notre Dame players offensively will have to learn a brand new foot left. Do you go get an offensive coordinator who's already doing similar things to what Riley Leonard does? Or do you look at the higher in the big picture and focus more on how they can develop the other quarterbacks in the room? We might have lost left. What do you guys think? Let us know, <laughs> LL Nation. That last part, how they can do what? No, I was saying with this hire of the OC, should they go get a guy that's able to make Riley Leonard comfortable because he does some of those things already? Or do they go get a guy that's more big picture and aligns itself with the young quarterbacks? I think Jared Parker leaving has just so much impact because mm -hmm. you think about recruiting and, and what he's put in with Deuce Knight and Deuce Knight sticking with the, the team even through this transition and, and different things that have happened. But losing your OC, you lose a sense of direction for what you was excited for going to Notre Dame to do. I think mm -hmm. CJ Carr seeing the, the transition in the two years that he has, luckily that we got him for the right reasons. He loves Notre Dame unconditionally. So... You know, he's going to make the most out of it. But some of these other quarterbacks out here, they're looking to be very directed. Hell, Carnell Tate was very directed. He told you right off the bat, hey, they receiver coach put dudes in the league. Dudes get better. Hard to, hard to say no to that, which is very understandable. He's a top receiver going into the uh, the class at that time. So that's that's a winning factor. When you lose your OC, 
it just turns into the inward focus of, okay, is Marcus Freeman looking to build the team from within or he's looking to hire a bunch of, uh, uh, of guns outside to give the facade that the program is still at a point of consistency? Because if I'm Marcus Freeman right now, I'm selling consistency in the program that, you know, even through all this transition, we can still be a 10-win team. But what's going to get us over the hump is finding the right stability on the offensive side of football because that's what's going to come into play when it matters. And I think uh, the quarterbacks can rally around each other, but it's just it's, I think a lot of it depends on how we treat the Riley Leonard situation. Uh, we brought him in before the bowl game even happened. So right there you got some questions to talk to your quarterbacks about in terms of what are y'all really trying to do? Is this a fair competition or do I need to leave? Because if you bring any man before the season's over, are you guaranteeing him he's going to be starting? And then you're on mute. Whatever he got deposited into that account, guaranteed <laughs> that he'll start. That's what I'm saying. That's it. I'm pissed if I'm Steve. How you get $2 million, You you do bare minimum at a school that we, we whooped up on? So if I'm Steve, I'm either demanding some money too to be a backup, or I got to leave. I just think that, you know, it's just too, too many different directions you headed. If you, you're getting a transfer board quarterback, you're committing to a championship, in my opinion. If you don't, you give yourself some time to build a consistent program with guys in-house. Mm. So if you don't cater that relationship the right way, if you go with Riley Leonard, bring everything he needs to be successful, period. Not even a, a doubt in my mind. I'm not bringing in a guy to just run a program. I'm like, no, 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 no. Riley Leonard, what you like? This is what we've evaluated from your film because we're great evaluators of talent. That's how we need to be. Because we're great evaluators of talent, our next OC is going to fit what you do well, period. Mm. If it's not that, then we're going to struggle. It's just what it is. I can understand that. I can. Patrick Duffy, thank you for the super chat. What do you guys think about Dina McCullough for OC? I'm not against it. I'm like left. Like, it's only so many times you can go in-house, in-house, in-house. Hey, Dina McCullough could up and leave next year. You know, I, I don't know. The, the the right choice, Andy Ludwig, because Andy Ludwig at this point knows that he's not a head coach. That's the part with getting Andy Ludwig, you know you would have had that guy locked in as a coordinator. Very rare guys that are like OCs for that long. Very rare that they become head coaches. You know, when you get these guys, first-time hires or like, you know, haven't been calling plays for a long time, and then they have success at a place like Notre Dame, all of a sudden they become a hot commodity. Um, I hate to go back to the Andy Luckwig situation, but hey, it is what it is, man. The dominoes are the dominoes, right? What are you going to say? But you guys agree. Big picture, most of you guys are saying, get a guy that's big picture that can develop the young quarterback. And... uh it is Dylan McCullough would probably call plays or at least being over the, he would probably be over the run part, the running part of the offense for the Sun Bowl. 
and then Gino Gaduli would probably be over the uh, passing part. So that's the way. Patrick Duffy, appreciate you. I had to reboot my computer. D Breezy had a, a super chat earlier um, saying Malik for OC. We appreciate you. Long time listener, D Breezy. And uh, yeah. Left, great show, my brother. As always, had to do this one on the fly with the breaking news. Thank you to LeVon Whitaker, AB757 down in ABC57 down in South Bend. We appreciate our big bro or our little bro, shall I say. You know what time it is, love. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Story today brought to you by Nora Whiskey at norwhiskey.com. Premium American Whiskey at norwhiskey.com. Darnell Mooney, Kadarius Toney. It's a whole litany of wide receivers that we can put on the Petty train today. Kadarius Toney, my brother, Sky Moore. Look, man. Darnell Mooney for having the game in his stomach literally, and finding a way to kick the ball out of his hands. I've, I've yeah. never seen it before. Dude had the ball in his stomach and kicked it out of his hands. Yeah, I think that it was uh, just sums up the bear season this year, man. I mean, so close yet so far. And then I'm going to go ahead and put Jared Park on the petty train. Man, look, bro, I'm not mad, and I'm not going to knock your hustle. But boy, 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 these offensive coordinators and what they have put Marcus Freeman through the last two seasons is absolutely bananas. The left, I'm going to do research to find out if there is a first-time hire that has gone through as much BS as Marcus Freeman has had to go through in his first two seasons. I'm sure there's someone out there that has. But I might have to search long and hard, man, because this is ridiculous, dude. It's like blow after blow after blow after blow. It's almost like he, I hope he's pulling a rope of dope. That's what I hope. I hope he's pulling a Muhammad Ali on George Foreman rope of dope. And at the end of the day, he's going to knock college football out, just like Muhammad Ali did to George Foreman. This is utter, utter foolishness. Utter foolishness. You darn right I want the Bears to win. They get the dude, them winning doesn't affect the number one pick. They got the number one pick locked up. Like 81% right now. The Panthers are horrible. Even though shout out the Panthers won yesterday. You darn right. I want to see improvement. I've seen improvement from the defense as, as soon as Montez Sweat got here. You darn right. You got young players, you need to see them improve and win games. And literally, they would have been one game 
out of the lead for the division if they won that game let yesterday left. That's crazy. No, I'll take that back. It would have been two. Because the Lions won. But they would have been one game back and back of Minnesota for a wild card or something crazy. Which yeah, it's the last three weeks of the season. They always get real dicey. Man, which would have been crazy. And they've blown at least three games in the fourth quarter. At least oh, 100%. 100%. But your record, you are who your record says you are. I don't know if I agree with that, man. There's teams that got like seven games. They lost by less than two points. People are like, oh, man, the Bears are really a good team. They just know they're not a good team. They're not. They're not. They make bad mistakes every week. That's not a good team. When you make bad mistakes all the time, that's not good. Yeah. That's oh, not good. That's like a tackle getting beat with and making pre-snap penalties every week. And he's like, well, other than the pre-snap penalties, he's actually played okay. Like, no, that's kind of part of the job. Yeah, it's part of the job. Left, great show, man. We'll lock in tomorrow. Hopefully there'll be better news. And we're, we're going to try and get Cam McDaniels on because he's done his research on the reported new higher that may be coming for the strength and conditioning coach. Uh, he does very similar work to Cam McDaniel, and Cam is going to come on and break it down for us to see if this is a good hire for Notre Dame. For left, I'm Sean Davis. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Make sure you spin it good. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.